0: Requires high-speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic
1: This is Why Always Us. It's your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. Sam Lee is with me. Hi, Sam. Morning. How you doing?
0: Uh yeah, yeah, fine. Short podcast this week. Didn't see the game, so See you next week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you you admitted on the last one that you were away, so um, it's uh, did you catch the game at all?
0: I thought I was. There was it was always a 50-50 thing. I was never going to try and steer a group of people towards a pub to watch football, especially when they weren't my group. Um, but there, I knew there was a City fan going, so I was like, "There's an outside chance." But I mean, the weather. It, so we went to Lisbon. The weather was it was like twenty seven degrees, but not like proper cooking yet so we were at the beach all day and it was absolutely fantastic but <laughs> as soon as it got to half five and obviously it got to five-ish I was like we're never seeing this game Yeah. so as soon as it got to half five I went and got my phone put it in my shorts and turned the alerts on and I had a look at Twitter every now and again so I was keeping up with it in that sense and
1: Fair play. Yeah. Keep, keep good, it up. good result, it seems. Yeah, keeping up with work while you're on holiday is not a, not a mean thing. So uh, it's a fair play to you. Um, you can read everything on The Athletic, Elm City and more right now uh, just for £1 a month for six months. Go to Athletic.com forward slash Man City pod and sign up. You'll get these podcasts without the ads as well. So uh, just go to athletic.com forward slash Man City pod. Um, let's start with that uh, that Leeds game, Sam. Uh, so uh, obviously finished 4-0. Um, I, 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 can we count that as a big win? In the context of the day, because it's like a rotated team, De Bruyne, Amarez, Bernardo all rested. Uh, The atmosphere was a bit raucous at times. You know, City were taking a bit of a kick in through the game. Liverpool had already won. I know it feels like a comfortable win at the end, Um, but it is a big win, isn't it?
0: Of course. I mean, they are all big wins now. There's only four games left. It's absolutely mad. Um, They are all big, yeah. Um, but yeah, for for all those reasons you said, and especially because of the rotating, I think, you know, when we were talking about, you know, in the international break and before the international break even, as soon as we knew it was going to be Liverpool and Atletico Madrid in that run, and we were talking about rotating the team and if you go back to twenty nineteen and last season or whatever, you know, whenever he'd rotated the team. And was it between the Dortmund games he rotated the team against Leeds and Yeah, yeah. City were City were not comfortable, but they were the better team, but they lost and things like that. And then like, I, I saw that I saw the team at the weekend. I was like, oh no, it could it could be one of those horrible ones. Um but yeah, I mean, De Bruyne didn't have to get off the bench today. Absolutely, no, perfect. no.
1: I mean, that's that's per- that is absolutely perfect, especially with the kicking city we're taking in that game. I mean, I, I can't stress enough just how much of a kicking city we're taking
0: in this. Was game. it was it that bad? Because I've was, seen the match day highlights, but obviously because of the agenda, they didn't want to show any. Well, it's, any it's negative treatment. Yeah, it, it,
1: there was there was, it was like Grealish. I am surprised could walk at the end of the game. Um, I heard
0: I heard a lot about Grealish. Yeah, about the paper had, getting
1: thrown and stuff. Yeah, he had an afternoon. Um, there was there were so many of those kind of, um, you know, rough and tumble, they don't like it up them sort of challenges. And mm. um, I thought, like, certainly in the first half. It's not very I felt, Jesse Marsh, is it? No, I know. No. Um, first half, I felt like City were a bit rattled and Leeds were kind of able to drag them down into the chaos of the game. Um, yeah, I
0: saw I saw a tweet about that and I was like, that was exactly what I was talking about after the Real Madrid game, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. When I was talking about how it goes up and down, I was, oh, shit, it's actually happening again, even though is not there.
1: Yeah, um, but then um, the second half was very good, very controlled. It was almost as if City went, no, we're sick of you dragging us down to this. You have to come up to our level, and then Leeds couldn't cope with it. So um, I thought in the end, it became a very kind of professional performance in how to deal with one of those games, but I was really, really worried at half-time, even with a 1-0 lead. Um, I was really worried that if Leeds carried on making the game ugly and making it a, a bit of a kind of a, of a battle like that, um, City might struggle. And, they, and credit to them, they didn't. And that's 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 really given me a lot of confidence now for the final four.
0: Well, the thing is, and this is something that John Smith gets really annoyed about all the time, because like obviously we'll be at the City games, and the, the recent example was the Burnley one after the international break, and City like played them off the pitch. But obviously on match of the day, they need to give it. They need to show like opportunities for both teams, and then obviously you cut it down. And but by, by the end of it, it looked like you know Burnley had three or four for raising into City's box against City's like five or six, whereas obviously the game was completely one sided. But on match of the day, so when I was watching it back, and obviously you see the the notifications coming through, all three nil, four nil, you think, okay, they've settled settled down now. But our lead seems to be creating chances right the way up until the end. Like, was it? Did it still feel not open because obviously like it was three nil at the end, but did it still feel like? there was goals in it because I don't want to read too much into it because I think at the end of this point of the season, like at this point of the season, as long as you win, it's fine. But I'm, I'm kind of thinking don't fucking do that on Wednesday night. Basically. Yeah,
1: I, I, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I think again, the match of the day edits had a little bit of a of an effect there, um, okay. because like we talked, about, I talked about this before. Like one of my old jobs was, um, uh, I used to camera log for um, Arsenal youth highlights when I was very first getting into kind of football media. And one of the things you do is you sit there, you watch the game, uh, the cameraman films it and you write down a number, ne- you write down the chances that happen and a number next to it to rate it out of 10. So that the editor can come along and go, right, I'll have this one, this one, this one, this one, uh, because you've you scored them out of 10. So what happens is you sometimes get a little bit of a distorted view of the game based on, oh, that's a good chance, that's a good chance. Whereas you have those City ones sometimes where they actually turn out to be good chances. But... Nobody gets a shot away, or that's just like, do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um. And they don't make that. They they just don't make the cut. So you end up with this this view where I I think. There was a couple of moments. There was a moment where I think it was Cancelo played off the line, and where Edison made a good save with his feet. And like the, there was a bit of a rocky spell yes. there. Um, but what I read from that was they are fighting tooth and nail to keep this clean sheet because they've got. Oh yeah, that absolutely. Time, yeah, yeah it, it, it was three goals. I think at that time and they're thinking if we if we've got plus three on Liverpool here, yeah.
0: um,
1: they only got plus one at, at Newcastle this morning. So like every yeah. goal matters right now. So they were. I, that, that's what I was more impressed with um, than anything else. I don't think it was a. I, I, I it didn't give me worries for Wednesday night based on the chances that Leeds were creating. My worries for Wednesday night, which we'll oh, get into a, bit, Madrid, a, a yeah. bit later on, I've based on yeah, something yeah, yeah, else, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, um, final thought for that Leeds game, Sam, was um, that it turns out if you give half a stadium a piece of A4 card each, they'll screw it up and throw it at Jack Grealish for 90 minutes.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> again, a bit weird because, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of diehard England fans in that crowd. Who probably wanted Grealish? You know, they were part of the the clamour for Grealish to play during the Euros. Um yeah. but you know, because he's got a big move now, everyone hates him, and that's how it works. So. <laughs>
1: Funny, isn't <that? laughs> so it? Yeah. Um, let's talk set pieces because um, Guardiola did a bit of a brain dump in the press conference after the game. Um, I've cut most of it out. In fact, I've I've got, only got a very little snippet of his answer. Would you believe when he was talking about this, he was actually asked about the atmosphere at Ellen Road and it was he gave the opportunity to just run through about 10, th- 10 different things that was on his mind. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was one of the things he said, though, and I thought it was quite an interesting little snippet in it all. So we are not a team to score lots of goals in set pieces. In the previous season, this season a little bit more, but two goals with a set pieces so sometimes unblock
0: block, cut, this type of games.
1: And he's kind of right, because the stats um, that, I mean, the Athletic have been have been um, righted about this week. Uh, Michael Cox, I think it was. Uh, most goals scored from set pieces this season is City with 18. Fewest goals conceded from set pieces uh, from uh, this season is City, again, with one. Uh, and that difference of plus 17 between the four and against set pieces is the best ever in the Premier League. Um it is quite some way, though, behind uh, the team. It, it's the defence that's got them there because it's uh, it's quite some way behind some of the other teams that have got um, similar numbers, the teams with plus 16, plus 15, that sort of thing. Um, they've scored kind of late 20s in the set pieces. I think Liverpool were 28 for 13, 14, but they kept conceding them as well. So it's it, it's really shown what how City have tightened up on set pieces at both ends of the pitch. Um in terms of uh, of where city are at with Guardiola we set pieces this is this is now their best ever season they've gone one ahead of uh, the 2019-20 season in in terms of uh, scored and it's comfortably their best uh, conceded that, the, the, they conceded four in 17-18 the centurion season um and obviously this season just just the one um it, it's weird isn't it Sam I mean the 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 talk at um a couple of years ago was Richard Keyes, wasn't it? You need to get Sam Allardyce in oh, yeah. to talk about defending. Uh, well, maybe they, they have maybe they have on yeah. the
0: sly. They did, yeah. I've not written about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> should I should have thought would have mentioned it. Uh, yeah, well I mean what they've done is not only have they got Rodri Near post but they've also got Ruben Diaz somewhere else. So, <laughs> funny, funny what a difference that makes. Uh, actually, I I, um, I I Twitter searched for Rodri near post, which is a tweet that I did a couple of years ago, which was basically all of City's um, set-piece plans. Basically, put him on the near post, whether you're attacking or defending, and that will be it. But that, that one didn't come up. But a tweet from the Leeds game, which I think was Diaz's first game, maybe? Yeah, it was. And I remember so obviously this is last season October um and it, and it just said Look, it looks like Diaz and Laporte are getting on a few already which will which you know could help because you know up until now it's basically just been a Rodri near post and yeah that's that's been a, um, a big help um and Guardiola was asked to buy this a, a, a few months ago he talked about Carlos Vicens, who was the under 18s coach last season he got promoted up to the staff to kind of work more so with the young players. So in that sense, I think I've talked about this before, but City have obviously got so many young players, academy players in in training. Normally, if they were, you know, the 18, 19-year-olds, normally, you know, they'd go have a game at the weekend under 23s, and then they'd go back on a Monday, they'd look over their game, you know, strengths and weaknesses, the analysis, that kind of thing, and then build on that. But obviously, when they're playing with the first team, it's just, okay, well, they're talking about other players who played. Yeah. Um, so so in the past, they haven't been able to get that specialisation in what they need, but Carlos Vicente is able to look at their performances with them. So they're still getting everything they need for their own specific game, but obviously they're doing it in the first-team environment, which sounds like a very good idea. And the other thing he's doing is a set of pieces. So yeah, Guardiola talked about that before, and I know he gave um, Carlos credit as well um, at, at the weekend for that. Um, but a big thing is, because when, when Guardiola talked about it first in like January, February, and I, and I did the article we're basically just St. Nadam, every corner kick that City had taken this season. And within about two minutes, he was like, yeah, it's this, this, and this. I was like, right. Okay. That would have, <laughs> that would have taken me hours to do. And it probably would have been wrong. And he's just nailed it after like two minutes. Um, but Guardiola did say then he was like, I still think the delivery could be better. He was like, I'm sure he said, Ilkay, Phil and, and Kevin, maybe somebody else. Um, but at that point, it was all right. And I think we did the article before the Fulham game in the FA Cup. And, you know, I think Stone scored at the near post that, that day. So it was all flying. But I did kind of notice over the last few weeks, the set-piece goals had, had dried up a yeah. bit. Um, and we talked after the Liverpool game, didn't we, how the set-piece delivery was terrible. And I think Guardiola was asked about Phil taking them he said well when Kevin God, look at me I'm just talking about all the first names it's a bit annoying that <laughs> but I'm kind of paraphrasing Guardiola now because like when Kevin plays and he takes it but yeah it's good for Phil blah 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 but I was thinking like is it not time to let Foden have a few more I know just because he's got a couple good in the last one doesn't mean he should take them all the time and also in fairness in terms of the second goal it was just a fairly rudimentary big corner to the back post wasn't it I'm not yeah sure. yeah maybe, maybe we should give yeah. him credit for that because obviously it, Plenty of others have gone wrong. Like in that Liverpool game, it was terrible. Um, But yeah, so yeah, the delivery has been a big thing. And I remember again, before that Liverpool game, Guardiola was talking about their set pieces. I think he mentioned it and somebody picked up on it and asked him again. And he was like, well, the delivery is really good. Whether it's Alexander Arnold or Robertson, the delivery is really good. And then once it's really good, you've always got a chance. And then obviously he went on to talk about how they've got big aerial threats, especially in Van Dijk. Um, But when he was talking about their delivery being good, it wasn't one of those where you think, oh, he's having a go at his own team here. But it kind of... I wouldn't have been surprised if it was in his mind a bit where he was thinking, if our delivery was just a bit better, you know, we'd have so many more chances. Um, but obviously, we, we saw that with particularly Foden's, the first cross for yeah. Rodri's header. Yeah, that was there. So, yeah, the kind, the stars have kind of aligned a bit. There, there's some kind of organisation there with with Carlos. Like I say, we've done the article already. It's not particularly... Um it's not particularly cunning or you know, there's no tricks where you know City take a short free kick and you know somebody's pretending to do their socks up and then they do they just you know put the ball in the box
1: Um, better than they have um, done before.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and they've got you know three three big blokes normally stand together at the far post and attack it at the same time. That is it's it's roughly that. You know, sometimes if they've if they end up with the two centre backs, Rodri, and you know, if Ake's on. Or Stones is playing right back and they've got four big blokes in the box. You know, one of them will be at the near post or something like that. And, you know, they'll go short, but they'll they'll go short so they can basically get it to the corner of the box and then put a, a ball towards the back post, those kinds of things. It's not, it's not rocket science, but it, yeah, it seems to be working because yeah, I suppose, as Pep said about Liverpool, good delivery when you get it right um, and good options in the box. Although... Diaz should score more, shouldn't he?
1: Well, I was thinking this. Um, I I I feel like um, Diaz, Laporte, and Ake to an extent, um, because Ake has scored a couple, hasn't he? Um, for for fairly limited game time. Um, for as good as they are in the air, City, it it feels like City are not actually that dangerous at set pieces, and it made me wonder actually are uh, corners and kind of wide free kicks, those sorts of things, do we think they're more dangerous than they actually are? Like, is, is this actually City doing really, really well? But still, there's a lot of wastefulness there anyway. And that's just a kind of a natural byproduct of, of any team that is not coached by Tony Pulis or Sam Allardyce. Like, because they're not specialising in using those opportunities to get to score every single time they get them.
0: Mm. yeah maybe that's interesting I mean I've not, I've it, not is, seen the it, article so maybe it's in that but like City gets so many corners as well because yeah. they're attacking so much you know maybe yeah the the percentage of goals from set pieces is, pro- is probably smaller than a lot of other teams yeah and
1: I just wonder if every time the ball goes behind and the fans get really really excited about the fact that there's a chance to put it in the box and you know City's oh, yeah, got gra- like, it's, it's, yeah that's what I mean it's every team but, but corners are just not as dangerous as we think they are
0: oh no definitely not um, again second mention for Nadem already but i remember him talking on other podcasts whether it's just the radio or whether it's ones we've done or conversations or whatever but he was saying like behind closed doors you know you get a corner and you kind of treat it for what it is like not not and not an especially big chance you know you're fairly happy defending corners but obviously once the fans are back in and everyone's going crazy you think well hold on what like What's, what's everyone going crazy <laughs> for? Because fans instinctively think, oh, we've got a corner here, we've got a big chance. Um, whereas, yeah, for, but that, that's kind of more the psychological difference of yeah. having fans in the stadium. But it does go to show that, yeah, once you get a corner, like the difference between that and a goal kick is it's absolutely a massive, massive kind of momentum change, isn't it? In terms of how the fans feel. Like, if it goes beyond for a goal kick, just think, oh, fuck's sake. Like, especially if it's a team that's going to waste a bit of time. Whereas yeah. if you've got a corner, then yeah, it's like a big chance, chance
1: to pile on it and it actually maybe it's just not it's i don't know um
0: that yeah. just speaking of diaz by the end i saw that clip on twitter where C- it, city F- city players had a bit of a huddle in front of the, the fans or whatever that they were celebrating and the commentator was talking over it but you could hear diaz saying like something's like we'll fight to the end like he said it twice something like that and it, it is it is a proper like stereotypical diaz like LinkedIn thing to say but <laughs> like as much as I take the piss like it, it's obviously like, genuinely very effective like and and that is you know that was part of the reason that city were able to turn things around last year that kind of infectiousness of that spirit that he's got and like yeah as much as I do take the piss and probably will continue to do so because it is amusing like I do appreciate that it is very effective and, and it does work and also you can't just you can't just be me like f- Monday to Friday and be cynical and take the piss and then turn up on a Saturday and then start shouting at people to fight till the end. You've got to live it every day. Yeah. So the fact that he is like that, and the fact that his Instagram is like it is, it's it's part of the, the full package, really. And it's not when people laugh at people on LinkedIn for like getting up at five in the morning and doing like a hundred crunches and making like a green tea smoothie and whatever, and then <laughs> what well, you know the, these ridiculous things that that. The people do these that squeeze every
1: single minute out of every and, and we're thing. all
0: just like jesus but i mean at the end of the day if they've if they if they're bowling about la in a in a condo with a six-pack and they've got like a millionaire tech company then like we should probably listen to him a bit more to be fair so <laughs> it's a bit like that with diaz like i'll, I'll sit here and say how what a dick with my with my little belly and you know, eating eat chocolate <laughs> in the evening ne- never never have been or will be a professional footballer um but yeah, it's, it clearly works for him, and it clearly works for City, and that little "we'll fight to the end" thing is, um, yeah, good, good little proof of that.
1: If uh, if City players were social media sites, who would they be?
0: If, if Diaz is LinkedIn, um, well, what's Grealish? Because I feel like there's so many. I was going to say Instagram, but it's, it's a bit granddad now, isn't it? Um, I don't know, is it? I, don't, not, I, I, I is use TikTok? Instagram more. Well, exactly. Yeah, um,
1: he might but, be TikTok. I hate actually, to break yeah. it to
0: you, mate, but we are old. What? Yeah, he might be TikTok. But I don't know if he is. Um, I think I feel a like lot more like Cole Palmer's TikTok, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who's going to be Snapchat, though? Because that's basically any. So when I, I haven't said this before, but in the international break, I went to Harlan's hometown. So there's a little article coming up for you soon, <laughs> if, if and when that happens. Um, And I was speaking to one of his former teammates. I was like, how do you keep in touch now? I got a WhatsApp group. And he was like, yeah, it's just Snapchat, to be honest. I was like, oh, yeah, of course, you're 21. Like, yeah. <laughs> of course it would be Snapchat. Uh, who? Yeah, phone- yeah, it has to be phoned, doesn't it? That yeah, it has that has to be phoned, really. I mean, it could be any of them, like. It could even be Rodri just because he's young. Do you know what I mean? Even though Rodri's like, oh, he went to university and he's a very intelligent guy just because he's like 23 yeah. or whatever. He probably does use it. But yeah, okay, Foden. I, really I'd, have, I'd, have had, I'd have had Foden. No, Palmer's like, I'd, TikTok.
1: Palmer's TikTok. I'd have had uh, Rodri, sorry, as, uh, as, as as WhatsApp, something. Like, It feels like a little bit plain but functional. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's really harsh. Rodri's had a fantastic season, but that's really harsh. one of the biggest apps in the world, so that's <laughs> yeah. absolutely fine. I mean, <laughs> who would be Facebook it's fabian delf yeah
1: yeah yeah. He's, yeah someone who's long gone that's uh who's twitter i don't know maybe it's pep maybe maybe twitter's pep
0: yeah the older the, old, a, the, he old, has the older one of the group account, yeah the older one of the group. secret account yeah and he he, he kind of he, he mentions stuff that he shouldn't you know like he's he obviously reads stuff that is no good for his mental health kind of thing but kind of <laughs> internalizes it and just brings it out a press conference to have a little joke so yeah yeah okay just at, at the risk of
1: I do want to talk about Foden's delivery, though, for um, the opening goal, Sam, because I can't explain. I can't explain what I like about it in like the way he wraps his foot around it. It feels like nothing new. It feels like we've seen players do this before, um, but he kept the delivery really kind of flat. And what I mean by that is it it kind of had pace and swing on it, but it 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 was always in that kind of route that would never tempt the goalkeeper off his line to come and deal with it, but was was kind of close enough to the goalkeeper and the uh, and the six yard box to mean that the defenders weren't going to come and deal with it either there was like i i mean the the error from leeds is letting rodriguez make the run it's not cutting the ball it's not, not cutting the ball out or not being able to get anything on the cross it's a fantastic delivery
0: yeah i just watched it again you're right actually it is yeah it it, it never goes that high it's proper arrowed into the box isn't it uh yeah god he he has a a proper run there again I could, like, for the benefit of this podcast, I could say, "Hold on, give me five minutes, and I'll look at it." And I'm, I might still be wrong. Like it's one of those. If I said to Nadim, we'd be like, "Oh yeah, so and so has not done his job there," but it's a hell of a run. Um And yeah, the, you you are right about the delivery is great. And
1: the best word yeah. I can come up with for that delivery is flat, because it like it just yeah, doesn't, yeah, yeah. like it it doesn't kind of it, it doesn't deviate from the course it needs to take. And that's that's such a wanky way of saying it, but
0: <laughs> but it's true. Yeah no it, yeah it's it was a bit like an Edison pass yeah you know when he just go when it, oh, I don't even know how he does it it's like a it's like a knuckleball free kick in it where he just goes right okay this is this is going to go just above your head but no higher like to the guy who's trying to cut it out yeah a bit a bit like one of those but in but in cross form now, funnily enough the fo- with the foden thing, you know, I was I was gonna say there he's on the kind of on the right path to being, you know, if let's just say if he can more consistently put those into the box, then that's another weapon in the armory. But obviously he is young, so developing in that sense. Um but obviously there's been a lot of talk about him going back into midfield, hasn't there? Um and, he, and he, again, whenever Guardia was asked about it and he was at the weekend, he always says, you know, he he, he needs to have different gears to his game doesn't he Like needs to be able to change the tempo but at the moment he's just always high tempo Like where he wants him to be more like david silver and he said david silver sometimes slowed the game down to speed it up which is you know pals and all all that kind of stuff that we've talked about before but it's interesting that he wants him to do that whereas you just think can he not just be kevin de bruyne yeah can he not just be the de bruyne one and just be and and just do that, but I guess he, I guess he obviously sees the potential. Maybe maybe if I, Pep had have had De Bruyne when he was twenty. Well, in fact, seventeen,
1: we'd have had a different De Bruyne.
0: It, it'd have maybe tried to make him do that. Yeah, it's um, an interesting question. It's, it's, it's a shame I wasn't at the game because I, I I would have asked Pep I think at the weekend, like why do, why do you want him to be silver? Um, but maybe it's just because it, it's not so much silver. It's just because if you can if you can add in something to somebody's game, then why wouldn't you? And like you say, maybe the time he got to work with De Bruyne, he's obviously added a lot, Um, but not necessarily that. Although something's ringing bell now from Paul and Lou's book about Arteta talking about De Bruyne and saying he's added different gears to his game. I might have to have a little revisit of that. If you see an article about that in a couple of weeks, then you know where the inspirations come from.
1: Yeah, good. Um, it's, it's interesting though because um, Foden. Obviously, we're talking about set pieces and uh, the delivery that Foden put in. He obviously put in the corner that uh, Diaz won the header for that Ake scored. Um, but also the assist for for Jesus's goal. Um, like that that pass doesn't really feel on at the point he plays it. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's the, that that's like a De Bruyne pass as well.
0: Was anybody worried about that? Because whenever I saw it, I was like, "Oh, was, I'm surprised." Was, I know there was obviously a VAR check.
1: But yeah, I thought it was a mile off.
0: Yeah, um, when I saw it, I was like, okay. That, that's probably offside then. Uh, but I don't remember. I don't remember looking at my phone when it was three 0 and and seeing loads of city fans saying, "Oh, this is probably offside" or whatever. But yeah, exactly. Um, it was just, it just seemed all very strange. So when I saw the when I saw the goal first. Just, you know, the, the classics, which switch of play out to Cancelo and suddenly he's got loads of space and Foden's got loads of space and then it's a goal. Like that's why you that's why teams just have to sit back basically, isn't it? Because if you just let City do that, then you're in big trouble. But yeah, like that's the thing, Foden's kind of range of passing from those positions. And even, you know, he played in a kind of more of a number six role for England under twenty one. So I remember looking at clips of that and he can he really sprays the passes around like Pirlo style when he's in that role just like out to the wings and stuff um and I think I didn't see this particular England game and I can't remember who it was against it might have been like Andorra or something but it was October while I was on holiday again and everyone was talking about Foden in midfield being great because of his range of passing but obviously this is what we talk about with the false nine and when people say oh he's had a quiet season or whatever it's like well he's just in a kind of quiet role and when he's on the wings he can dribble a bit more and get shots in and and stand out a bit more that way because he's it's a different skill set and obviously when he's in midfield then he does something else altogether because obviously when you're when you're a winger there's not so many chances for for through balls but when you're in those kind of number eight positions there's lots more so yeah it it is a gr- a great way for him to to show off those different sides of his game and you know the other thing Guardiola said was he's he's sure that you know eventually he will play in midfield, and you just think, God, imagine when it gets to that stage where Guardiola thinks, yeah, you've learned now. Like that, that could be something really special. Yeah, yeah, and um, an Iniesta kind of thing, really. I think that's what he wants to do with Grealish as well. But
1: yeah, we shall um, see. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see that. Um, I've not really talked about Grealish given the the treatment he'd had uh, at weekend, Sam. But uh, it feels a little bit unfair because I thought he dealt with it quite well.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, like I say, I, I've, I didn't see the whole game enough but i saw a lot of the tweets about it and i think there was not going in the telegraph as well about it actually um but in terms of but by dealing with it quite well what do you mean like because people I, kind of thought oh we shouldn't play the second leg against atletico madrid in case he gets wound up but when he was getting he was getting when he came at- on against atletico he he did deal with it well he was atletico.
1: yeah he um he was basically getting kicked all over the place. He was having the card thrown at him, um, which I, I I genuinely think there's been a little bit of an overreaction to because it's like it's pieces of fucking cards. It's not it's not hurting him, and he was laughing about yeah. it, which means that he wasn't getting wound up by it. Um, and then he wasn't he like the the, the the other thing. Um, I saw I saw a lot of um, like Gary Neville talk about well well what next as if there was going to be machine guns on the seats or something like that next time around, um, yeah. but like. The other thing is as well he the number of times where he didn't get a free kick that was absolute where he absolutely should have had a free kick there was there were times where he was just kicked in the air lost possession and then the referee for fairly unknown reasons just waved play on um and that's then that's how he ended up getting his booking I think a bit of frustration but then the second half comes along and and I saw people tweeting that he should be coming off that he's that he's a little bit um, of a risk because he could quite easily get wound up especially on a yellow card and. The way City just moved through the gears in that second half, and the way they took control of the game, he was—I I felt like he was enjoying being the pantomime villain at that stage. I, I felt like he was enjoying being the one for them, everybody to shout at and target, and to, um, you know, the the histrionics of uh, throwing your arms up in the air when you don't get the decision your way, sort of thing. I think he was enjoying that focus because it was—it was almost detracting from everything else Leeds were doing and letting City get on with the get on with the job.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, quite possibly. The, the other, I mean, obviously, you've you've been able to sum that much better than than I had, could because I didn't see the game. But on that similar theme, in terms of definitely should have had free kicks, and I messaged you this last night when I put match of the day on because I'd, I'd seen Fernandinho's goal on Saturday, but I hadn't really watched it properly. And then when I watched it back yesterday, I was like, I, I was certainly not got the penalty there. Yeah, no. I ran, <laughs> ran into the box and just got pushed over. I just got pushed over in the box now. Like, it probably would have, there probably would have been one of those brief AR checks when it just, you know, the game's not even stopped, you just carry on. If Fernandinho hadn't scored, and they would have said no penalty for whatever reason, but like-
1: well, they'd have said no penalty because the protocol is the referee describes what he's seen to the VAR, and if it's not different, then they don't mm. over overrule it. And he'll have gone. I've seen her coming together with Sterling and whoever, and that won't be enough to change the uh, the mind of whoever's in the uh, the VAR booth. Yeah, it's, guess, it, it was but- it was an st- absolute stone But then again, I've got this theory that uh, Raheem Sterling needs to work harder to be fouled than anybody else. Well, yeah, that,
0: that's what made me think. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's a thing of." Sterling does not get in decisions, and when you mentioned about it, the same thing happening with Grealish, then yeah, it, yeah, it I don't think it was response. a,
1: I, I, I don't think it was a specific anti-Sterling thing this time or this time around or or whatever to do with that. I think it was just the referee was was terribly inconsistent. It wasn't well so. and
0: that adds to the big win element as well, doesn't yeah. it? Like if, if if you go to Leeds and the atmosphere is as good as it was and the ref kind of it's a random decision let, generator the, in the, the middle the game, not, go yeah. and like not not picking up on fouls and stuff, then. That's a recipe for disaster. That really, but then City won four 0 so fair play. Yeah,
1: so recipes for disaster. Uh, Real Madrid on Tuesday, Sam. Um, yeah. <laughs> how are you feeling now that the dust has settled on the on the last leg? I I'm in the position of maintaining things are still okay because it's now a one off game and City have a goal lead, so they've got the bonus of no away goals. They've got they go to this game with a one goal lead. Um, just play the way you play, and you know I think you know probably going to be all right.
0: Yeah, good chance of being alright. Um, it's, it's it's just Real Madrid though, isn't it? And it's what they do. So I, th- I still think the game's going to be the same as the first leg, in the sense that it's going to it's going to be open. There's going to be goals. Both teams will score. Um, but you know, if City are as wasteful as they were, or more wasteful, and Madrid are get a couple more chances, then you know it could go it could go south. But um, obviously, yeah, City they had the the good win at the weekend. They managed to to rest some players which was which was very useful and get the win as well so yeah absolutely that's absolutely huge and then yeah i am i am a bit concerned for them just because it's real madrid and it's the bernabeu and and that this is how these things seem to work and if city come through it you'd be like oh yeah you know, look they'll get loads of praise anyway because if you get to the champions league final you beat real madrid you get loads of praise but it will be a fucking hell of an achievement i think because just, just because of how Real Madrid have got through to this stage, you know, even though they were pretty poor against PSG, came through with an amazing turnaround. Yeah. Obviously, getting battered by Chelsea, still came through it. Like, it, it, there will be a time when you know City were really going to have to dig deep, and if they do it, whether it's in ninety minutes or extra time or whatever, it really will be a hell of an achievement. So, yeah, yeah, um, but it's it's that thing again, isn't it? Of like. We kind of look at everyone else like oh Liverpool are so good they're so good at this and they can do this and oh it's Real Madrid and it's like it's City though as well like City are unbelievable so yeah I'll have a I'll I'll try and put, put, put a bit of faith into this incredible team and they're obviously in a good position from the first leg but very it's still very precarious yeah
1: I think that's what's what's changed with me you know I think I finally allowed myself to uh, one of the reasons why I've been enjoying this running more than feeling particularly tense about it, it which I would have done you know if this was me in in 2018-19 I was a you know, physical wreck for most of that running. Um, I think one of the reasons why I'm enjoying it more is I've allowed myself to put a little bit more faith in this team. That they they might not win, and I've accepted that they might not win. And in order to win, you have to you have to go through these moments of of you know tense times in the big games. But mm-hmm. they're good enough to get through it. And if they don't get through it, then they'll get another chance to do it next season. But they are good enough to get through it, so they might do it. And it I think that's that's why it's been such a kind of a revelation for me for this uh for this running you know
0: yeah well it's pretty similar to how guardiola looks at these days isn't it like no 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 real nerves no real stress it's just the lads are ready to do it so what's the point of worrying about it and if yeah and, you know and if they don't do it he's pretty sure that they will have given it everything um and it, yeah, if, and if they don't, then it's not because of a lack of effort or whatever, and that's and that's just football. So that's the kind of thing that yeah, the, the Guardiola's come to terms with, and, and and obviously you're very similar in that sense as well. So um, yeah, it's it's, it's it's a good way to be, but obviously even with him and being like that, you know, he's still obviously going to be incredibly nervous during the game. Like just like the way he yeah, that reaction to the Mara's yeah. miss was like he just never does that, does he? So like it's obviously when you're in it, and it's just, obviously it's the same with you, it's the same with with me to it from a different angle and and all the fans like you can be as relaxed as you want going into it but obviously during those 90 minutes or you know 15 minutes before kickoff an hour before kickoff whatever it may be maybe even six hours you know um the, the nerves are always going to be there but yeah i've just yeah, decided i'm not aggressive. gonna let the
1: nerves ruin the week i it might might be tense during the game but i'm not gonna let it ruin the days in the build-up to the game there's no point anymore. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts on how the team's going to look. I mean, we know, obviously, you mentioned it there, De Bruyne and Bernardo all rested at, at weekend. So it will be very little to, uh, surprise to see them back in the team. Um, however, the defence is still a bit held together by sticky tape. Ake limped out against Leeds there. Stones um, wasn't even in the team. He obviously limped out against uh, Real Madrid. Uh, Walker's had absolutely no time on the pitch. He's, he might not be fit for, for midweek. Diaz is only just back from injury. How, how do you see it all looking?
0: Um, probably the back four that finished the game. Canceler at right back, Zinchenko at left back, and Laporte and Diaz at the back, I guess. And then obviously the fact that City play Newcastle on a Sunday afternoon, is a bit more recovery time, it's actually pretty favourable, that. It's, it's probably about as good as it gets. Um, it's pretty helpful, so they could, they could maybe then go again if they had to, but obviously you'd be hoping that Walker and Stones could start to put in an appearance by that point, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the back four that finished the game. Um, at right back its weird, isn't it? Like, he's capable of so many good things. I say, capable of, he does so many good things. Like, the vast majority of the stuff he does is good, but does some weird stuff, and just, <laughs> just, just, just kind of introduced falling over. While in possession now, <laughs> when we did against Atletico Madrid, just got the ball and just fell over. And obviously, the because this wasn't on match today either, but I saw, yeah, I saw a tweet saying that like, during the game, Cancelo survived like a Gerard moment. I was like, what was this? And then my wife messaged me about, I think it was half time, and she sent me a video of it. I was like, now can you imagine? Like, can, can you imagine if that had happened? Yeah, so. Just it's, just then, a message
1: to City players, don't fall over on the halfway line when there's uh, nobody else behind you in a tight title race. It never yeah. ends well.
0: So, yeah, I guess, I guess it'll be that back four. But at the end of the day, God, that Merriman did game feels like about a month ago. But um, at the end of the day, with Cancelo back and not suspended, they're in a better position than they were last week, really. So that's not too bad.
1: Let's finish, Sam, as well with uh, a little bit of a touch on uh, Guardiola and his future because there are uh, reports at the moment that he's close to signing an extension. Uh, We're not really that much to add, but uh, I think my question about it all is you talked earlier that um, he seems a lot more relaxed and how he's doing things at the moment. Why wouldn't he sign an extension? He's never going to get it better than at City.
0: Yeah, exactly, and he knows that. So so the article last week that I did before the Real Madrid game was – based on the Bayern Munich against Real Madrid games when he was at Bayern. Um, but it was also based on, there was a bit about you know the reaction of the, the Spanish press around the Atletico Madrid game um, at the start of April. And just when he was at Bayern, everyone above him was just constantly talking. So, like, Beckenbauer, who was just an honorary club president, to be fair, so he wasn't, like, officially there. But he was always just saying, like, oh, don't like this possession of football. Basically, like, every time. He even said, like, oh, we'll end up like Barca nobody will want to see us. I was like, oh, yeah, that famous Barca team that, that was shit. <laughs> um, as, was as, the, very, as
1: the old saying goes. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was very, really strange. I mean, to be fair, that season was the Tata Martino season, I think. And yeah, they struggled a bit. But even so, it was like, this is, like, very recently one of the best teams ever. So wind it in but like even Matthias Sammer so with the sporting director who was sat on the bench it's like Cheeky Bagheerstein sitting next to you on the bench and then give an interview saying oh we've dropped off a bit you know we we were on fire but since we won the the Bundesliga we've dropped off a bit and we know we need to up our game because like, they, they they beat Kaiserslautern 5-1 Kaiserslautern were in the second division they beat them 5-1 to get to the the German Cup final, and he was like, "Yeah, but Kaiser Slatton's not our, not our level kind of thing." You know, we need to play better against Dortmund and Madrid. You imagine know, Guardiola in his first season, like in a new culture, trying to adapt his game and get used to like the players and the style and learn the language and everything. You've just got like the sporting director talking like that. It'd be like, it'd be
1: like it, if Stan Coymore was City's uh, sporting uh, director well, in that well, first well, season.
0: But well, this is it. It's like so. So what his, his tackles? He kind of made some good points. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I don't yeah, I'm not going into that. But <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, it's like what well, a lot of what Beckenbauer was saying was kind of um was that like a fair point, really. Um and a lot of what like Sammer, when he was saying, Oh, we dropped off a bit. Like again, fair enough. And it's not to say that former players or like, even like employees at your own club shouldn't like have constructive criticism. That's kind of fair enough, but it's just from Guardiola's point of view now. Like I put in the article. Can you imagine Mike Summerbee saying, "Oh, we were shit this game." Like when, you know, we we should have if we'd have had a striker, we'd have won 4-0 or something. And then all of a sudden, you know, the press conference, obviously, oh, Mike Summerbee said this, "What's your reckon?" And then Guardiola's got to talk about that and it's said, "You just don't need it." You just don't need it and like Rummenigge kind of going into all this long-winded but Read the article if you if you can. Rummenigge was like, "Oh yeah, when Real Madrid come back here for the second leg, you know, the atmosphere will be hot enough to like melt the trees or whatever, you know, they've, they don't know what's in store for them when they lost four, one to Dortmund last year, you know, that'll, that'll seem pleasant in comparison and all this. And again, it's like, can you, the only time you ever hear from cheeky time is him saying, Oh yeah. You know, they're a very difficult opponent and you know, we'll have to, we'll have to be play at our best, you know, cause we really respect them. Like, can you, can you imagine even like stuff? Like, like Romania going, yeah, you know, we'll we'll take the game to him. Like, can you imagine Guardiola thinking, "Fuck's sake!" Like, can you just shut up, all of yeah. you. And this, so yeah, to, to bring it back around, like at the end of the article, I was like, "Look, there's there's talk of him staying for longer," and that talks based on the fact that a couple of whispers whispers that I'd heard, obviously not strong enough to do the article. I'm not saying, "Oh yeah, yeah," I knew what the sun wrote. Oh, blah blah blah, because fair play, they put it out there. But um, you know, there, there's obviously with all the Harlan stuff that's been going on, and you know, the hope is. We can just do the story saying, right, it's done, Bosch, rather than, you know, no more small updates now with Haaland. I'm hoping the next one is right. They're gonna sign him in the next two days, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um and yet as part of that, supposedly, as again, as the sun said, you know, Haaland's been given assurances that Guardiola's gonna stay longer, and obviously Guardiola's happy to stay longer, that that kind of thing. Um what I'd what I'd heard was three, like another three years. But again, that was just that was just a rumor. That was just kind of oh yeah, so and so's been speaking to so and so, and this is what's going on. And three years, the Sun story said two years with an option for a third, didn't it? So it seems it all seems to be the same ballpark. And maybe we're all wrong because, like I say, I, I can't see it with any authority and tell you that's definitely going to happen. But um, yeah, that that's the vibe in terms of him staying. I um, I,
1: I wondered if. Um, and I, I know this is uh, entirely specula- speculation based on his demeanor in the last few weeks, but I wondered if he, if he, I kind of settled into how things are now at City. in a, in a weird sense, that like he doesn't, he's not feeling the pressure that he was feeling previously. He's, you know, he, he's always known that that the higher ups at City have trusted him and wanted him, and, and have had that. I think it was your line uh, before his last contract extension. Why wouldn't you keep extending it if you, if if you have the option to, and he's happy to stay? i think he's i think he's kind of settled into the life in that in that kind of situation and realizes that the trust he's got and the the absolute kind of situation is not going to get better anywhere else they could chuck in Harlan next season if they get that deal over the line if they win everything they're, they're left in this season it just feels like he's having a lot more fun with everything as well and that, I think that's a big thing in it all. I think that's a big thing in 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 why he would want to stay and 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 whatever. And I and it's 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 absolutely mad to me to be sitting here to have a manager as as good as Guardiola has been with the career he's had, and be talking that he could have been at City for twice as long as he's been anywhere else. And that's that's mad.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and it, again, like that was that was the point with the Bayern stuff. Like if you if you if you if you've got to work on TV and you see Bayern not playing well. Or you've got to give an interview, then I like, feel free to say it. Like it, you well you, you are kind of well within your rights. But from Guardiola's point of view and why he would want to stay at City for longer, you just don't have that. You don't have any external stress. It's all set up for it for it to work. I mean the funny thing with Haaland is I don't think Guardiola sees it like we do in the sense of, Oh well, you know, they're gonna win the league for ten years here. Guardiola appreciates it's gonna be a bit of a, a a good challenge, but a bit of a challenge to get him to adapt his game. Like, you know, I'm sure the narrative will be well, they've got Haaland now, so he's gonna stay because it's this, you know... Ma- just ma- magic goal now. scoring monster, but, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like, I think he'd have been happier with Kane in the sense that, well, Kane can just do what he wants already and just plug him in and and it'll work. Um, but if they'd have signed Kane last year... then na- If they'd have signed Kane last year and Pep had have signed a contract now, the narrative probably would have been, well, they've won the title... So he's just staying for longer kind of thing. And yeah, yeah it's like Kane okay and blah, blah, blah. But obviously now it's like, well, Haaland and Pep, blah, blah, blah. It's linked. But I think it would have been fairer to say that Guardiola is kind of, I don't know, excited by the future with Kane more so than with Haaland because it just, from his point of view, he was like, well, this is going to work. Whereas with Haaland, I think Pep's like, okay, well, we're going to have to make some changes here. But you know what Pep's like? It's not it's not a problem is it like that's not like it's a challenge but it's a fun challenge it's a challenge that he's fully capable of and also yeah. he realizes that he's got he's in a great place to do it and you know Harlan's fucking unbelievable so if you can get it to all click like again when he leaves city when it, whether it's like seven years or ten years or whatever and he's won however many trophies um you know there'll be people looking back on it going oh well you know he just took over the richest club in the world and blah 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 but again, from his point of view, and maybe this is bollocks, but from his point of view, he took on the City job when he started because he felt it was more of a challenge. Because yeah. he thought if he'd gone to United or or Chelsea or Liverpool or whatever, who were already kind of established at the top, loads of trophies, history in the Champions League kind of thing, you know, it would have been you know, still a challenge, obviously, to come to England and work. But, you know, more kind of set up. Whereas at it City? It was like, yeah, I don't know. That, just take them from... Okay, a couple of Premier League wins, but take them forward. You know, build something in Europe, build something up, um, and obviously we we remember when the when Pellegrini left, that the squad was drifting a bit, the club arguably drifting a bit. I don't know, probably not. Well, you could say so because if I maybe if they, had, saying, if they hadn't hired yeah. Pep and they would divided somebody else, and then that had gone wrong, then they would have been drifting. So basically, Pep's kind of galvanised everything. But yeah, so. He came to City kind of for that challenge. And look, look—if there is non-City fans listening to this, maybe even some City fans, you probably laugh and go, "Oh well, yeah." Well, he's been given this, and he's been given this, and he's been given this. But um, and certainly off the pitch, he's been given a lot of stuff for him to be successful, which is why we're talking about him staying for ten years because he he knows that. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, a bit of it. that was seen as a challenge, and Haaland will be seen as a bit of a challenge, and it'll work. Um, yeah, very nicely. You'd have thought over the next two or three years if he does sign that contract. Yeah,
1: quick quick thing that occurred to me as you were speaking then. Um, as Guardiola said in the past, that um, kind of Ferguson style dynasties don't really exist anymore and will never exist anymore. Because um, I'm just wondering. Yeah, but he's not going to do
0: 25 years. No, though, he's he? not.
1: He's not. But um, not very many managers do, what, seven or eight years?
0: No. Well, Klopp's the longest serving Premier League manager now, isn't he? Yeah. Since Daesh went. Um, yeah. Guardiola and was, was and he was yeah, and he was there six months before Pep. So no, you're right. They don't, um, and obviously, look, there's there's talk about you know Klopp, Klopp signed his contract, so therefore Pep's got to do his. But I think Guardiola was asked about that in the press conference on Friday. He was like, look, that like, fair play to Jurgen, but it's nothing to do with my future, and it isn't, is it? Like you know, if he, if he wasn't happy, it'd say he wouldn't stay. But he obviously is, so chances are that he will. And it's just interesting that they're both there at the same time, but yeah, a bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I kind of got, had the feeling that I, not, I didn't. It's not like I had the feeling that Klopp was going to leave at some point soon, but I hadn't really thought about him staying for longer. And now it's just like, right, okay, so they're just going to keep doing this for years now, are they? So, yeah, fair enough. That's it. You're going to do that too, right?
1: Yeah, I've fun, everyone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, even even Chelsea now, who last summer was supposedly going to be challenging and. And you know could win the Premier League. They've got a massive job in their hands just to kind of cling on to being third next season. So, yeah, you can only really see City and Liverpool pulling away further. Um, But at the end of the day, it is a great rivalry, isn't it? The the games are great. Um, Everyone's everyone's got the title race that they didn't think they were going to have in Christmas. So, yeah, fair play to them. Crack on.
1: We'll uh, we'll check in next week, Sam. See where where things are at.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, it could be emergency podcast territory, couldn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, could, like, I didn't like, want to genuinely. say it just in case. Um, I I don't know how it will work, um because what's my flight? Yeah, I, and I'm flying straight to Heathrow. But sometime Thursday afternoon, if if kind of circumstances demand, we'll we'll record a little a little podcast and go. Bloody hell, that was mad. Possibly even actually. Do it from the Burnaby if possible. If it if it's that mad, it's like, right, okay, let's let's just do a quick half an hour on that madness and hopefully yeah. look forward to City against Villarreal in the Champions League final.
1: Yeah, take take your uh, wired headphones this time, just in case.
0: Yep, 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 yep. Yeah,
1: that brings us to the end of this week's Wire Whistles. Uh, thanks as ever to Sam Lee.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Don't forget, you can sign up to The Athletic right now for £1 a month for six months. Just use the code MANCITYPOD.
0: The Athletic.